Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. Let's just look tonight in our Bibles back to Psalm 119. I want to highlight a few other things here. I preached last Sunday morning on the power of the Bible, and then Wednesday night, I preached along this line of uh, the psalmist prayer, teach me, teach me, Lord. And again and again, we saw this and observed this theme, how his prayer was that God would teach him, according to verse 12, thy statutes, the clear instructions of God, the boundaries that God has set, the parameters that God has given. This is right. This is wrong. To transgress is to go beyond the boundary that God has set. And I thought about that this week, the boundaries. God has set the boundaries of the nations. He set the physical boundaries of the continents and so many different things there you could talk about. The boundaries, the distinctions between men and women, boundaries that God has established. And we have the parameters, the boundaries of His Word. David said that God maintains my lot in Psalm 16. And the word lot there means the the boundaries of my kingdom, the very land markers, the corner markers, the survey, uh, the very specific parameters of the kingdom that he set me over to rule before him. God maintains that. God preserves that. God protects that. And God does that for us. But we're living today to where people say, uh, there are no boundaries. We don't want any boundaries. That's never a philosophy of the people of God. That's always a spirit of anti, against Christ, against God, against His order in creation. Now we know God is not the author of confusion. And so confusion comes because we reject God's order. We have to see anew that there's a wisdom. There is a power. There is such a potential there when we embrace the boundaries of God. And we can thrive within those boundaries. And we can do all that God has given us to do. But I think about this, and I want you to look with me in verse 18. The prayer of this psalmist, many believe it was David under the power of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And as this poem was written and uh, given here in these 22 Hebrew letters and uh, of the alphabet. We come to verse 18 where the prayer was, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. He said, Lord, I want you to open my eyes. Give me insight. Give me understanding that I may see the things that you have given us in your word, that I might not just see them but I might understand them, that I might have spiritual insight and perception. Lord, help me to actually lay hold of them and to look more closely into them. The thought there of the word behold is to look at something intently, to value it, to see the the treasure, the potential there, to behold it, to see it for what it really is. We need to pray that God would open our eyes and help us to see things from His perspective. You say, how how is that going to happen? Well, it's going to happen as you spend time in His Word. Because this is God's mind, God's perspective. You want to see as God sees? Well, study the Bible. You'll see things from God's perspective. So He says, open thou mine eyes. We should pray that 
before we read the Bible. We should pray that before Sunday school. We should pray that before the preaching or as it is about to commence. Lord, open my eyes, open my understanding, open my heart to receive what you have. Sow the seed of truth in my heart that it might take root and bear fruit going forward. And so we think of all the blessings that God wants to give us. But I remember as a Bible college student years ago going through some real challenging times. And and as I was reading and meditating upon Psalm 119, this is what I learned when troubles came, it would drive me to God. I would seek God further. I would pray more. I would ask God, give me understanding. Teach me, Lord. Show me what you want me to learn here. It's not about altogether why am I going through this, but what are you trying to teach me? What do you want me to learn? And so as I began to embrace more and more by faith what God had, when I went through a trial, I'd just go to my Bible. And there are times when I would live in God's Word. There was nowhere else to turn. There was nowhere else that I would seek the greater counsel or wisdom or insight that I would need. I know it would be found in God's Word, thus saith the Lord. And so as I studied that, I thought it was interesting, some verses that God gave me in verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now, underline that, but now have I kept thy word. I was thinking, Lord, I'm afflicted as a young Bible college preacher. Why is these troubles in my life? I'm trying to serve you and do your will. I thought you would make the path clear and easy and you would just uh, really, in my mind, that's what it meant for God to go before me. He would just remove every obstacle and every opposition and and, uh, affliction. What was that? For a young Christian, I didn't understand that. But then I began to get God's mind on the matter. And I began to look at it. It's like, wait a minute. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. Prone to wonder, the songwriter said. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, all taken seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. He said, before I was afflicted, I was prone to wonder. I was drifting. I was getting away from the Lord. I was getting cold in my heart. But then God quickened me. He got my attention. How? Through troubles, afflictions, sorrow. God woke me up. God rung my bell, as it were. God got my attention and said, hey, there's something going on here you need to be mindful of, something going on here you need to address in your life. Before I was afflicted, I I thought affliction-free life is what I was after, and that's what would serve me the best. And God says, no, my ways are not yours. They're actually higher And there's a wisdom to seeing things from God's perspective. And God says, I use affliction in your life to keep you close to me, to keep you coming back to me, to keep you in that secret place, which is also a place not only of fellowship and blessing, but protection in your life. You've got to see that. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now, but now, And some of you, that may be where you're at. You're in the but now realm of this present affliction. I pray so. 
But now, Lord, you've got my attention. We can spend all of our life thinking, well, what are others going through or not? Or why aren't they going through what I'm going through? You can spend all that time thinking about everyone else, or you can come before the Lord and say, Lord, you've got my attention. Speak. As a little Samuel prayed, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Lord, what do you want? I remember reading verse 71. It is good for me that I've been afflicted. Now that blew me away as a young preacher. <laughs> you see, I, I didn't have that perspective. I didn't like affliction. I didn't want affliction. But God says, it is good for me that I've been afflicted. Good that I've been afflicted. That I've got troubles. That I've got disappointments. That I've got trials. Most of us tonight would say, I don't want affliction. If anything, I'm praying that God would keep me from it. And if I've got it, that he would take it from me. But Paul said, to keep me in a place of dependence upon God, a true humbled heart, spirit before the Lord, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh. It was God's gift to me. Affliction was God's gift to me. Wow. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. What does it cause me to do? If I respond the right way, that I might learn thy statutes. See, it drives me to God through his word. Lord, teach me. Show me what's going on here, Lord. Help me to have your mind on this matter. Give me your take. Open thou mine eyes. Help me to see as you see, Lord. Oh, help me to behold what you want me to learn, to look into it intently, to value it, to regard it, to receive it, not to resist it, not to say, but I don't understand this. I don't want this. Is this what I get for serving God? I began to learn that affliction was my gift from God. Affliction was not my enemy. Affliction was my friend. Could that be so? <laughs> yes, it can, and it is. We never want to leave God out of the equation of our circumstance as though God is not in this affliction. God is with me when I feel good, when I'm rejoicing, when I, I've got great uh, peace in my heart and everything's coming together. Oh, God is wonderful. Can you say God is wonderful and God is good when everything else in your circumstance is bad? See, that's a level of growth and maturity that God wants to bring us to. So we can say God is still good when the world is still bad and it won't be any much better until we get home to meet the Lord and until he comes and makes all things new here, right? So rather than looking for all the good out here, look for the good that is in God because God is good and he doesn't vary, he doesn't change at all no matter how things outwardly change in our lives. And so affliction is my friend. It is good for me that I've been afflicted. So when you get in a time of difficulty, disappointment, or trial, then embrace it by faith. And rather than saying, well, why me, Lord? There is a case there for us saying, or someone challenging us and saying, well, why not me? I mean, if others are put through trials, well, well am I to expect that God will never allow me to go through trials? Is that not God's way of trusting me even further, that he can develop my faith? But when I get to that point, Lord, help me to say not just why, but help me to say what. What do you want me to learn here? Teach me, Lord. It is good for me that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. 
And then you read in verse 75, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right and that thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. Now I'm telling you this is a testimony from these verses that I would live in in Bible college. Because I was trying to get my mind around this. Affliction is good. (laughs) Whoa. That still seems almost, can you actually make that statement and truly mean it? Can you believe that? Well, if God is sovereign and God is in control and there's nothing that can come into our lives that does not uh, first pass through his hand, it all is father filtered. If that is true, then does he not know who we are, where we are, and what's going on in our lives? And if this affliction has come, it's come at his permission. Remember when Satan had to go before God to get permission to touch Job? Well, if God is sovereign and you're his child and he's in control of all things, including your life, and he is, then that means what, he, what is in your life right now, he's allowed. And we have to embrace that by faith and know that there's a reason for that. Because the Bible says, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right. Lord, if there's anything amiss in my life, you're not wrong. Your word is not wrong. If anyone's wrong here, it's me. I don't see it. I don't understand it. Or I'm uh, in some way not attuned to what you're trying to do here, Lord. Lord, you're never wrong. You're always right. So, Lord, help me to come in line with your judgments, with your word, with your verdict. That's the word for judgment. It's the verdict of God. God has determined as the judge of all the earth, the one who does right at all times in all things, he has determined the verdict here and said, all right, this is what I'm going to allow. This is the reason. This is the lesson. And this is the desired outcome. Isn't that amazing? That's what he prayed with confidence. That thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. I want you to take these verses and meditate upon them and pray over them and ask God to teach you and give you wisdom. God in his faithfulness to us. So affliction is not only my friend, but it's an avenue through which God shows his faithfulness to me. I remember hearing a pastor speak one time, and he said, I try to work with people, try to help people, but sometimes people get to the point to where they don't want help. They don't want you to teach them, and they will not follow you lead. your lead. He said, when I come to that place with someone and I see that that's where they are, I tell them, don't be uh, just anxious when I'm still working on you and trying to instruct you and trying to correct you. What you need to do is be anxious and be aware at a certain point that you don't hear from me anymore. I've basically just given you to the Lord and moved on because I know you will not receive the instruction I'm giving you. You keep rejecting it. You keep just pushing it aside. And if I can't help you, I've got to move to someone who wants help. Isn't that amazing? So someone in faithfulness just keeps coming back. All right, I'm working with you. I'm working with you. Aren't you thankful that God faithfully keeps coming back to us time and time again and says, all right, now let's take it from where we were last time. (laughs) Let's take it from what I'm trying to teach you now. And let's move forward in this. 
That's the faithfulness of God to keep coming back to us time and time again. And then one last verse in verse 92. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine what? My affliction. Affliction was my friend. God was my friend. His word was my friend. It was my comfort. It was my guide. It says here, unless thy law had been my delights, unless I had been driven to the word of God through this affliction, unless I decided to embrace it and to deal with it in faith, not leaving God out, his sovereignty, his care, his purpose. He had a reason for this. So I'm going to trust him and receive what he has for me through this and let it deepen and develop my faith further. He said, now, if I had not turned to God through his word, I would have perished in my affliction. I would have lost heart. I would have grown weary even in well-doing and just turned aside. Now, I'm telling you, there's some things God's going to allow that won't make sense. They won't compute. You will not welcome them. You will not want them. You will not see them as a friend. There will be things where you could say, this cannot be God's will. This is not God's goodness toward me. I don't want this. I reject this. And if you continue down that path that will take you away from the Lord in your heart, which is oftentimes reflected simply by the fact that you no longer go to his word. You see, you're just not reading his word. Sometimes we think, well, the affliction is so undesirable, even undeserved, unwanted, and we harden our hearts. And what we can't see is as bad as sometimes the afflictions can be in life, we compound it. We make it so much worse because we won't deal with it in faith, in unbelief. We reject what God is saying, and we make that situation much worse much worse. Aren't you glad for the quickening power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and when God gets our attention and says, you know what, hey, listen, listen up here. Stop this. Quit entertaining in your heart this spirit of despair and unbelief because you don't see it and you don't want it. It's not so much that you celebrate the affliction itself as much as you celebrate that your God is with you in the midst of all things. Never to leave, never to fail, always with grace sufficient and a lesson to teach. He said, unless thy law had been my delights, unless I'd spent time in God's word just digging deeper, God has designed all of life in such a way that it's a reward to the diligent. If you want pearls, you've got to dive deep. If you want gold or diamonds, you've got to dig deep. You see? They don't just lay out here on the street. They wouldn't have much value if they were plenty and easy to find. God has designed all of life in such a way that it's a reward to the diligent. And that's what he said here. So many things you could say. He said in verse 162, I rejoice that thy word is one that findeth great spoil. There it is. Oh, I delighted in God's word. The deeper I went into it, I, I saw the diamonds of truth, the gold nuggets of hope 
and strength and wisdom. All the pearls that I was able to lay hold of. The treasures of darkness that God helped me to discover. Oh, what great delight I took in that because the deeper I went, the darker it got, the deeper I went with God through his word. And you know what? God delighted me again and again. He rewarded my search. And I will tell you, that's who God is and that's how God works. And I like verse 135. It says, make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Teach me thy statutes. You know, that's how God shines upon us. That's how he teaches us, oftentimes, through afflictions. But these afflictions of this life are temporary, but they worketh for us a far, far greater reward in heaven. And we have to understand that because the outward man is perishing, but yet the inward man is what? Renewed strengthened day by day. Renovated is the fault. God taking out the old and replacing it with the new. Those thoughts, those feelings, those priorities of life that were just uh, outside of God's best for us, God refines that and deals with that through affliction by getting our attention and driving us to Him in prayer, driving us to His Word for insight and understanding and lessons that we would have never learned any other way. So in that regard, I learned that affliction is my friend. God in heaven is faithful. But I promise you, you're like me. We get busy. And sometimes things are going well, and then affliction comes, and what do we do? We seek God that much more directly and diligently. So God knows where you're at tonight. He's not left you alone. Aren't you thankful for that? What a refuge we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Him. And God wants us to see this and may His face shine upon us as His servants this week. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.